Welcome to About Sex. I'm Josh, and with me is Angela Skirtu, licensed marriage and family therapist and sex therapist. Hi, Angela. Hey, Josh. Today we're talking about adult sex education. Yes. What is, what is that? Well, so because of all the gaps that I see in people's sex education, a lot of my job as a sex therapist is adult sex education. Yeah, because people don't ever learn it. When they're kids, like nobody ever teaches them. There are varying degrees of sex education that people receive growing up. Yeah, um, and I we just looked at some statistics, and according to Guttmacher Institute analysis, 37 states allow for medically inaccurate sex education. Medically inaccurate? <laughs> and only 18 states require teachers to provide information about contraception. That means oh they God. could be telling them that... Sex involves Smurfs because that's medically inaccurate, and they could not ever tell them about condoms at well, all. How do they? I don't understand how a state would allow <coughs> for medically inaccurate. Why? Well, that's abstinence-only. Abstinence-only programs oh. are medically inaccurate. That is true. Abstinence-only programs because do religion. That's how. Oh my goodness! Because so we make decisions in this country based on beliefs, not research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the research tells us, hey, that's not a good idea. Actually, the research points to that um, states that do abstinence-only education have higher rates of teen pregnancies mm -hmm. and STDs. Well, given these figures, I mean, according to this thing, it's like that's why, a big reason why, we have the highest teen pregnancy rate of any other developed country. We have oh the highest God. rate. We're we're number one. We are number we're one. Number hey, one. we're number one, America. <laughs> High fives. High fives. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to be one in something and we made it. <laughs> so what are some things that you end up having to teach adults? Oh my God. So like the big thing that I want like everybody to know is that a lot of what I'm doing in sex therapy is uh, reducing shame around very normal things sexually. People don't know what's normal about they sex. They don't know what's normal about sex. They only know since they've been taught a lot of them abstinence only edu education. They've been taught don't have sex until you're married. Sex is bad. And if you do anything sexually, you're going to like die. Or, or you'll, yeah, you're going to you get know. AIDS. And even if you use a condom, it's not going to work that well. Like that's some of what they do in that abstinence only education. They're like, <coughs> nothing's perfect when actually condoms right. are pretty good. Right. They, I, rem I remember being told that like you should still abstain because even condoms can fail. But the reality is if they're used properly, they're, they're uh, almost 100%. I think it was like 97 or 98% yeah. accuracy. It's so no, yeah, no, no, you no. know how to no, use them. No, no, no. Them. It's like 99.99. They can break. They that can is break. possible. They can fall off. But Things if, can happen. If they do, that's very rare for them it's to rare, break. It's rare, but it does happen. It's very rare. If, if they're not expired mm -hmm. and yeah. you're not <laughs> using them improperly, which, which means you're not putting like... Uh, two of them on a lot yeah, of people will try to do that and that'll you need actually to lubricate too right like sometimes they're a little dry and they can kind of just pull and tug a little bit yeah and that's painful too and that's painful for both male and females so yeah, yeah um that's terrible i can't believe we're number one i didn't know that we're that good oh god we're so good <laughs> now that was just shocking see i knew that there was some problems but like that is a really serious problem so anyhow back to this the uh, question so, like, I get people feeling shame for things that are normal about sex. And here's one example. So, women, you can't get an orgasm without clitoral stimulation. <gasps> like, all of you. At that's all? normal. Yeah. No. No. Like, all women require clitoral stimulation of some sort. Yeah. Some women have a clitoris that's close 
closer to the opening of the vagina. So sometimes they can get an orgasm with penis and vagina but intercourse. But they are not the norm. But they're not the norm. Only 4% of women are like that. <clears throat> All the rest require some version of clitoral stimulation. Yeah. And so I have women who feel shame because they can't get an orgasm when, with penis and vagina intercourse. Yeah. When that's actually not the norm. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And that's been my experience. I mean, generally, the ladies love it. I mean, <laughs> I, here, here's the funny thing is like, I remember on the day I was getting married, my mother oh pulled me aside and said, Josh, <laughs> I need to make sure you know what the clitoris oh, is. I love <laughs> this. And I'm like, I, and I was 25 getting married. And that's when my mom decided it was time to teach me At sex 25. education. By the way, he had had sex before then. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Don't tell, tell her. <laughs> How dare you? Well, that's the point. Like, okay. I am pure. Uh, oh, you're pure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I have a lot of like, so I do premarital counseling, right? Yeah. I have a lot of couples tell me that their parents told them way after the fact, way mm-hmm. after they either had sex right. or they had talked to their friends yeah, about they're, sex. They're missing the window. They're missing by the a window. Lot. By a and lot. And the window is really before they're sexually active it is it's actually around 10 yeah 9 10 11 it's is when before they're sexually active and if they start to be sexually active then you need to get in there and talk to them and really teach them well, well maybe we could talk about um i'm curious how you got educated sexually what was your experience i uh, it was totally just stds that's all it was okay. i didn't get any education about sex until ninth grade in fourth grade or fifth grade mm-hmm. like i remember they split the boys and the girls okay. and the girls went to another room to learn about the menstruation mm-hmm. cycle and all that mm-hmm. and the boys we watched a video with a dancing piece of deodorant <laughs> and a toothbrush telling us to make sure to wash our butts that's it that was our so it was all hygiene so it was all hygiene for the guys and sure they got to know a little bit more about their body but mm-hmm. the boys didn't learn anything and it wasn't until ninth grade that I had a health class okay. and they did go over like, here's the penis, here's the vagina and that's mm-hmm. it. But then after that, the whole semester was just, this is what gonorrhea looks like. This <laughs> is what AIDS will do to you. <laughs> this is all these things and these things and these things. And yeah. I, you know, I believe they did cover contraception in my school. Oh, that's they did good. talk about that in, in my health classes, but they also just were, they would say, you know, but the only sure thing is abstinence, you know, is to not have sex. In my which is school. terrible because you're telling a human, yeah. which is to not do what's something that's normal. It's normal to have sex. Every mammal does it. And mm-hmm. telling somebody to not do what they're n- supposed to do is weird. It is weird, actually, because a lot of people are going to have sex <coughs> and not everybody has that value system. Well, everyone should. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're animals. We are. We're we are. humans. We're human beings. We like sex. And even that, that's a normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Sex is normal. So you shouldn't feel shame about something that's normal. Right. But I think that abstinence-only education promotes shame mm-hmm. for your natural sexual urges. Right. Um, in my school, I had we had two different t- videos. One was in fourth grade and one was in fifth grade. The fourth mm-hmm. grade video was like the hygiene. You're going to hit your period and guys are going to start getting erections and pubic hair. <laughs> That we did at least see that, you know, they're like, oh, did you watch happen. it with the boys? Were you in um, the same room? The w- the first one was boys and girls were in separate rooms. And then I think in fifth grade, they let us watch them together. And or no, I think they still split us up. But then we watched the boys video and I they see. watched the girls video. So you learned a little bit about what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it works. You're going to get hair in new places. <laughs> and then in high school. <laughs> I had something again there, but actually I was the educator. They had trained students 
I taught sex education in high school. What? You yes. didn't know anything. Well, what they had, they gave me a binder and they had like these student mentors and I would go to classes and teach people different things about like relationships and sex. Wow. And that is really just the teachers trying to avoid any conflict. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to be. If you do it to each other. Because you know, they like know the mentor. parents will say, hey, why are you teaching my kid about sex? That might have been a reason why they did it because so it's like peer mentorship. Yeah. But the problem is you're not really educated yeah i was a kid you're a kid you don't you didn't (laughs) study in college about sex or anything yet you have no idea what you're doing it was it was still std education it was more like the consequence only education where you're at least telling them hey you can get pregnant use birth control and condoms but the reality is you didn't you wouldn't be able to answer any real questions no i didn't know how to ask and the people would ask stuff like uh what do i do if my partner wants to have sex and i don't or how do we uh, have this conversation That's an important conversation thing to answer. Yeah. Or like a lot of them have random questions like, can you get sex from anal? It's like, no. Or can you get pregnant from anal? Yeah. (laughs) Or that's what I meant. (laughs) I know. Because I'm like, yeah, you can get sex through anal. That's what I meant. (laughs) But you can't get pregnant. Yes, you can get sex (laughs) from anal. (laughs) Oh, I had a client recently say their their kids were asking because they're pregnant and they have young children, right? Uh And so their kid said, where where does the baby come out and they were like what do we say a lot to of the kids kid? think it comes out the butt yeah yeah and yeah. he asked the kid asked he's like does it come out of the butt and she's like let's just say that no <laughs> it's like you can tell Didn't them he... the real information i know a kid who thought that <laughs> for real uh, they do you they know do. him <laughs> you know <laughs> you're not i'm not gonna right. say who we're not gonna name any names but a family member probably who got asked who thought education. babies came out the butt yeah yeah and well he, he also like, had some weird thoughts about what sex was like too anyway. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but that's point. so like people get misunderstandings about sex and so there's a lot of shame for normal things another shameful thing that a lot of my normal couples have is guys assume that they should have a really, really big penis or they're a bad person or they're not going to be a good lover. Or they're inadequate of some sort. Inadequate in some sort. And that comes from porn because, of course, all the porn stars have huge penises. Right. They have like nine-inch, ten-inch penises. Mm -hmm. And it's like an aerosol can, you know, hairspray can wide. (laughs) You don't need an aerosol can of a penis. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need it. Yeah. But and on the female side, what is a normal size? A Let normal size is five to six inches. And it does. It can be thick. It can be thin. It can be curved to the left, curved to the right, mm-hmm. curved up, curved down. Yeah. I mean, it can look anyway. Oh, I even had a client who was worried because his penis had a curve. He had to have two different sessions of like really conscious validating. But everybody, <laughs> you know, there's always a curve. Everybody's worried yeah. about their penis at times. Yeah. You know, like, is this normal? And actually, you're all pretty normal. Yeah, They're just I'm differences. Fine. Mine's OK. I'm Yours not worried. Is, you've got a great penis, honey. <laughs> And so do you. Whoever's you, listening. whoever is listening, yeah, your penis normal. is wonderful. It'll Take pride. <laughs> yeah, just to be happy with what you have. And remember, the penis actually isn't as important as your tongue or your finger or a vibrator for her orgasm. Right, <laughs> it's good for it's your orgasm. It's more about orgasm. you. You just got to get. Yeah, I think maybe guys who have more smaller size, maybe they worry more about not giving a woman an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So they just need to understand that's every guy, no matter what size. Yeah, it doesn't. Sh- it doesn't change that. And the reality is you just need to get in there and get get yours and then take care of her. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Just take turns both ways. Take turns. And actually, sometimes <laughs> guys with too big of penises actually hurt their partner's vagina yeah. because they have small vaginas. We met someone who actually had that problem where their yep. partner has too big of a penis mm-hmm. and she was in her 40s. So she's having some dryness problems. 
And so she was saying, oh, like, this is a person we just met randomly. Yeah. And she was saying it's too big and it's painful and she doesn't like having sex. She only does it for him. And it's like, well, put some lube in there. Yeah. Put some lube. Or there's physical therapy. That's the other thing. So people will feel shame about normal problems. So I don't want certain things are problems that do need to be addressed. But they're normal. But they're normal enough that we can get help. What's a common problem for men? And then we'll go into women as well of what men deal with sexually. Common problem may be delayed orgasm or even uh, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation. All three are pretty common problems. Yeah. You know, they are still things that people want to work on, but um, even premature ejaculation, as long as you're in the five minute range, you're average. So some people think they have premature ejaculation when they actually just have normal ejaculation. Yeah, Yeah, because women would take an hour to get an orgasm. That's the thing. Everybody needs to know that. Women take a long time to orgasm. I have women who are afraid of that because they're taking 20, 30 minutes and and then they fake their orgasm Mm -hmm. because they're like... Oh, I feel bad. It's just taking tired. so long. And they're tired sometimes. Yeah, it's like my back hurts and my legs are <laughs> burning. Come long. on, lady. No, just but most women yours. take 30, 40 minutes. Right. That's pretty common. Right. So the reality is you can't be doing push-ups on top of her for 40 minutes. No. That's a lot of push-ups. No, switch. Do yeah, some vibrator do work. <laughs> bring, bring in. Exactly. We live in a digital era. Just bring in. Uh, the robot <laughs> bring in robots will it'll buzz, take care of it get to orgasm yeah, it'll take care of it <laughs> yeah well hold on, i want to go to um vaginas for a second okay so also so what, in porn, what, do, what what problems do women have well common? okay Let's in porn ahead. they show the labias they pick uh, porn stars with small labia yeah very small it doesn't labia. extend at all um that doesn't extend at all so i've had women who feel like their labia is weird or abnormal now you're talking like, about the la- la- I'm talking inner about labia the pink inner labia, labia the part minora. that's the, right yeah the labia minora that's right at the entrance to the vagina and it connects to the clitoris mm-hmm. and women who have very long extended labia sometimes feel like there's something wrong with them and some of them are going as far as to get surgery for this when they no. have normal labia it's normal to it's be completely extended. normal it's some are small Everybody's some different. are big it's some like are everybody, really long it's like everybody has different linked noses and different linked different penises. penises or everything's different Every, on everybody everybody is so you're, unique you're, you're all unique birds you're a beautiful <laughs> snowflake you are Oh, we're a whole generation of unique snowflakes, aren't we? We are. We, are. we love ourselves, this generation. High five. <laughs> High five. I can't reach you. I know. We're too far away. <laughs> Kick you. How about that? High kicks. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's something. A woman will feel bad about her vagina, and mm-hmm. she'll worry about how she smells or how she tastes, which, by the way, most men really love the way you smell and taste. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> men will buy panties on the internet from japan just for the smell just and they make sure the girls wear it for a whole week yes yes with no showering men (laughs) men have varying degrees of taste for your scent now i I wouldn't buy panties online but (laughs) just saying what's out there some men do you never know but because of that, I think women lack confidence in themselves and they lack confidence sure. in the way they smell or they look down there. Yeah. Some women have never even looked at their vagina. Well, <laughs> it's kind of far. You have to bend really far. Yeah, you do need a mirror. So you need a mirror. But don't, <laughs> doesn't every woman have a compact? Like Every woman has a compact, but you would not know how many women or you can just lay down have on the never front of looked a at mirror. their vagina yeah. just to see what's it look like, what's normal, where things go, where yeah. they're placed. 
Every woman today, if you're listening to this, I need but you to take a compact mirror and look at your vagina. Have you looked at your <laughs> butthole, though? I mean, the reality is it was a long time until I even saw my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen mine. I never had a chance to see it, you know? It isn't, a, it isn't an, it's an a hard position. location. <laughs> I really had to crane my neck. <laughs> <laughs> just put a mirror behind you. There's my butt. Oh, okay. I know. I know. So what are some problems that women have to common what is common for a woman to have to deal with like and these are everybody has problems that's normal okay so a common problem is pain during intercourse one in three women experiences pain during intercourse that is really high it is very high i didn't even know that until recently that it could even happen it's that high it commonly happens so there's three common times it happens one is after menopause because the skin gets really thin and it doesn't lubricate Mm -hmm. as well Another common time is right after you've had a baby and you the scar tissue is healed mm-hmm. or um, healed kind of tight. The it can vagina heal incorrectly. Yeah. It can heal incorrectly. Well, they or they do the stupid husband stitch thing. Oh which my is gosh! Terrible. Don't get the husband stitch. Whoever, whatever doctor tells you to do that, do not listen They're to them. They're an idiot. Yeah, it's not good. It's Your fine vagina the way it should is. be a normal size. Yeah, and Just width. put it back the way it was. <laughs> you guys broke it. Fix it. Exactly. But so like the scar tissue. It's can like heal if you had your door break on your car, you wouldn't have them change the size when they put it back yeah, on. Could you make it a smaller could you door? you make my door smaller <laughs> so it's harder to get in there? Because I really, really prefer. So it doesn't prefer. actually close appropriately yeah. either. Yeah, and then it's painful on the on the. And then frame. sometimes when I'm driving, it randomly opens yeah. <laughs> on the highway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I fall out and my groceries exactly. are everywhere. Yeah. This is what's going to happen to your vagina uh, if you get the bride yeah. stitch or so the husband stitch. Pain during sex is common. The other one that is common with that too is actually... If you wait a really long time to lose your virginity, to have your first, yeah, yeah. because the go, hymen gets well when the hymen thick. breaks, it's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. But if you wait too long, it's gonna really, I guess, have more f- structure to it. It gets thicker and it makes it harder to break through mm-hmm. it. And some women continue to have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I have clients who've micro teared with their hymen instead of it doing a full break, it would just tear each time for like weeks for the first few times that they had sex. And by the way, there are ways to lose your virginity that aren't as painful. There are positions you can use to kind of like make that easier. Don't just go straight for penis and vagina intercourse, but like make out and get really comfortable and sexual first and then do it. I think some people are so focused on um, trying to get to that end result that they actually make the experience more painful than it should be. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's a common problem. Pain during sex Mm -hmm. is very common and there are a lot of different things that can cause it. And orgasmic difficulty is common, but it's common because it's a common problem because, because of women what we don't know that earlier. they're normal. Yeah. yeah. That and it's, they that just it's, did it a different way. You have to way. have manual stimulation mm-hmm. of the clitoris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to do it yourself first because you, you know your vagina better than anyone else. Or you should. If you don't, I need you to work on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you got to do it. <laughs> I'll get in there, but it's like I'm like fiddling around. I'm like, is this help? There's so many flaps. I'm like, here, I'll throw some confetti at it. Is this helping? I have no idea what's going on there. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you just got to try, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. even I don't know. I think for women, it's always confidence. Women always have a confidence issue, and that's their biggest challenge is just feeling like they're abnormal in some way, or they're not pretty enough, or they don't look the way they should, right. or. And so, like, some women will struggle with being on top because right, they worry about their bodies, things right. like that. So, what we were talking about common disorders that are really just very common that well, women desire. come in for. Desire. Oh, desire. That's yeah. the biggest one. There you go. Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, that's what I was trying to get from you. Desire disorder. <laughs> that actually... What okay, is that? So, all right. There's a difference between having an actual desire problem and just having a normal difference in desire. Mm-hmm. 
A desire problem is when you literally have no desire whatsoever. And even when you were a teenager, when everybody had those intense hormones, you just really didn't, you were like looking around at people like they were crazy. You know, you're like, I don't know why people are so boy crazy right now. If that was you, you might actually have a desire disorder. Mm -hmm. But if you as a teenager had that, that hormonal stuff and you're like, I could bang anybody, but even though you were, you know, <laughs> trying to stay abstinent or not, whatever you did. Um, but then also like at the beginning of the relationship, you have a pretty good desire, but then well, everybody has that to... honeymoon phase where yes, it's like, it's yes. a new relationship. Hi. Uh -huh. It's like, Oh, this is a new person. Oh wow, I get to learn all these new things about them. Oh exactly. look, I get to explore their body. And then after like ten years, you're like, Yeah, I've seen that ass before. <laughs> yeah, she's quicker. What are you gonna that. tell me today? You're gonna tell me, <laughs> Oh, you went to the market and bought some stuff. Mm -hmm. Couples actually have about six yeah. months to two years of that good new yeah. relationship. But the reality energy, is and then it starts to decline. Yeah, it starts to decline. And that's why you have to work uh -huh. at it. You have to be honest with each other that your desire is going to wane. It's going to wax and wane, and you're mm -hmm. going to have to work on it. And if you don't, you're going to lose them. you got to oh, work so on it. That's something people feel ashamed of because they say, oh, I don't have the same desire I once did. There must so be something worried. wrong with us they're, or we're out of love. They're worried that they fell out of love. But yes. the reality is love is a choice. Love is love a choice. Love is I'm choosing to love my wife. I choose to marry her. I choose to be her partner. And that fluffy feeling you get when you're first dating mm -hmm. it comes and goes yeah. the reality is it comes and goes it, it'll be there some days it'll be it and it won't be there other days well and you have to do things like keep regular <coughs> date nights and alone time with each other yeah it's actually really hard that's to feel that natural thing. desire if you're not spending alone time and reminding yourselves oh yeah that's what i right. like about so it. if you have children that's you what you're children. saying that's Planning why a lot sex. of people who have kids mm -hmm. eh, they got problems i mean <laughs> Well, because the kids happen, they take all and so your time. They start to have less sex than even before. Mm -hmm. It had already started declining, but then suddenly the kids happen, and there's no spontaneous sex. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, that's another normal thing. After kids, sex has to be more planned and less you spontaneous. You have to put it in your itinerary. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just setting aside two or three hours on a Saturday night, where mm -hmm. that could possibly happen. Where you have a date night, where you stay in and watch a movie together, and you don't have a kid there. So let's kind of wrap this all up like we've been talking about adult sex education anything else you want to say about it well the big thing i want to say is that's actually the purpose of this podcast i you and i both realize that there is a huge gap in mm -hmm. terms of sex education. there's an education gap and because of that we have all these adults who are having problems that really shouldn't be having problems well it's okay to have problems but well, i'm just saying for the normal stuff you they know? just don't know that it's normal and they just need to get help for it like exactly. if i have a headache or if i have a broken leg i can call my doctor and get help for it and you can do the same thing if you know that these are normal things that happen to you. Yeah, they're yeah. just things you got to work at. Yeah. And so that's why we do this podcast, because we want free adult education, sex education, so that you know what's normal. Yeah, it would be better if we just taught everybody regularly in school. But Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be great if we actually just were open and willing to talk about this stuff. Like people really avoid just, in even adults avoid mm -hmm. talking about sex. Like you bring sex up around people unless they're like, that couple, you know, <laughs> who's always really kind of a little too couple, touchy. By the way. No, <laughs> <laughs> not touchy, but we're more no. casual about yeah. the topic. Unless they're that couple, it's like most people you bring up sex, like they don't really want to talk about it much, or it's in a negative way, you know, yeah, like you oh, know. my wife never gives me any that kind of. But that makes it so they can't even communicate about sex. Right. I mean, you bring up a great point there that if you can't casually talk about sex, you can't mm -hmm. casually ask for your needs. Um, talk about what you want or you desire and 
know what's normal. And in a lot of cultures, it's really taboo to talk about sex at all because yeah. they either vilify it or it's just they feel uncomfortable talking about it with a different generation, like talking to their kids. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't want to think about your kids and ha- doing that. I understand that. But I don't want to, I don't want my kids to get hurt because they well, don't know don't this stuff. We don't want them to have pregnancy in teenager I as know. a teenager or an STD. You could be preventing that. Yeah. So it's actually a safety issue. Yeah, it is important. Anyway, so this has been about sex. I'm Joshua Skirtu, and my wife Angela Skirtu is a sex therapist. And where's your office, Angela? It's off of 270 in Manchester in St. Louis, and you can uh, see me at www.therapistinstlouis.com. Submit a contact form, and um, then I'll make an appointment for you. Or you can visit our podcast at about po- aboutsexpodcast.com. Thank you, and have a good night.